This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. The only guy that I think would, could be better than him as a freshman is the Zion kid you got. Uh, <laughs> I put him at, at tight end or wide out or D end or wherever he wanted to play. I might even put him at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Well, you'd you'd run what well, the wildcat. You'd run the wildcat. Yeah. <laughs> Put in the wildcat, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> oh man, Zion Williamson on a football field—that's a terrifying thought. Myron Metcalf here on Purple Daily, my man Manny Fresh Hill. How you doing, man? I'm pretty good, man. How are you? I'm do I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. We got a lot to talk about on a Friday. Um, <laughs> I heard this interview yesterday where. Uh, Coach K at Duke uh, does a radio show, a national radio show, and he had Dabo Sweeney from Clemson on the show, and they just got into a conversation about Zion Williamson, who, if you don't know who Zion is yet, uh, I'm not sure what you've been watching all year. You've been living under a rock, basically. Basically. (laughs) I mean, he's so good that last week when I was at the Virginia game on Saturday, LeBron James walks in with Rondo and – Rich Paul and LeBron said, no, 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 I'm not recruiting the kid. I'm just no, here to, of course not. to hang out. I mean, come on. <laughs> I bring my agent everywhere. Um, but Zion is this six foot seven, 282 pound freak of nature, unlike anything we've ever seen uh, in to me in college basketball. Certainly LeBron wasn't built like this at 18, 19 years old, Manny. No, he wasn't. Um, but Dabo and, and, and Coach K joked about Something that people have joked about a lot. What would you do with Zion on a football field? And if he played, and it's fascinating to me, man, because I did a big profile on him uh, last uh, coming to the season. So I went down to Duke, talked to a lot of people around him. His high school team didn't have a football team, which is the first deterrent, right? Also, he said he didn't really get that size until he was in about 11th grade. Mm. But. You know, Manny, you know that part of the country. How, how does a kid that size from South Carolina <laughs> not end up on, on somebody's football team, man? I, I don't know. When you look at the way that he can run and, and jump, I mean, he, he's not just this big, powerful 280-pound guy. Like, you heard Dab- Dabble in that, in that clip. Like, he can he thinks he can do just about anything on the football field. And, I mean, most of the time you think of a guy being 6'7", 282 pounds, you're thinking of him as like a, a pass rushing defensive end or something yeah. like that. But when you look at the way Zion can run and jump, 
Um, he seems to be able to coordinate his body very well with the way he can cut and move on a basketball court. I mean, it, it makes you think that he could do a lot of different things on the football field, not just be a defensive lineman. Yeah, man. I mean, how many dudes six foot seven, two hundred eighty two pounds can Euro step? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, you should not be able to do the things that Zion Williamson can do. But it's so fascinating to me that you have all these elite coaches. LSU offered him a scholarship, even though he didn't play football. Um, it's fascinating to me when you're in this category of you're just so freakish and athletic that people are like, dude, we, we just want to see you in other sports. And Minnesota's an interesting place like that because there have been multiple examples of guys who – you know, got a chance or, or could have had a chance to try something else. Dave Winfield, one of the greatest athletes of, of all time, right? Got drafted in three sports, I believe, baseball, football, and basketball. Yeah. Um, just a, just one of those freak of nature guys. You know what the scariest video is that I've ever seen in my life? Okay. It's the Ohio State-Minnesota fight back oh, in the yeah, 70s. Yeah, yeah. Where Dave like 72, Winfield, I think. Like 72. And I actually yeah. talked to the guy that got uh, beat up pretty good from Ohio State. He's like a priest now. Mm -hmm. But Dave Winfield out there just, you know, just tearing things up. You know what I mean? Like, it it was, like, unfair Mm -hmm. that Winfield was out there. But the guy was such a a big kind of guy, so athletic. He had his chances. Brock Lesnar is another Minnesota guy who – here's my thing with with Brock Lesnar and the Vikings. I think people misremember what happened, right? This is a guy who had not played football, I believe, since high school. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and to me, the NFL, Manny, that's the most difficult transition. Like, basketball, if you're a really athletic guy and you have some skill, you know, you can maybe do that. I'm not saying you can play with LeBron and those guys, but the athletic ability uh, is something that would help you on, on a court. Even baseball, we're watching guys who've played multiple sports. But football is is just a different skill set and a different level of physicality. And Brock Lesnar ended up in training camp, man. It, and depending on who you believe, if he had been more serious about it and wanted to stay with it, they might have given him another shot the following year to come back to camp, maybe go to NFL Europe. You hear about stuff like that. But it's just so fascinating to me when you have a guy, guys built like that, who can move like that, and Zion's in that category. I'd love to see it, Manny. Like I, I, it won't. We won't ever see it because he's going to make so much basketball money. Right. But I'd love to see that dude on a football field. I would. I would love to just see what sort of creative things a coach could do with him offensively. I mean, defensively, you could probably just throw him in there. Let him like do what he wants as, as a defensive lineman. But like on offense, if you line him up as a tight end, like, yeah. You know what I mean? And and put him in motion because we know we know he's fast. We know that he can run and jump and and that and those sort of things. And and also just you know we like we heard in the clip there from Dabo about putting him in a wildcat, like making wildcat. a wildcat quarterback. <laughs> I mean, imagine imagine you know you're on a wildcat formation in the goal line inside the five yard line, and Zion Williamson is taking snaps. Oh my goodness! Could, I mean, that's just imagine? that's just crazy. That's just crazy. What what would you do with that? Because well, I bet if he went to the combine, Manny, he tests well. Mm-hmm. Like like if he went to the combine. His scores would be remarkable, man. Now, that doesn't mean he can play football. I'm not going to, you know, just because you're a big athletic guy doesn't mean you can play football. But, man, I would just love to see, because like you said, him and the Wildcat, Mm -hmm. could could you imagine a guy who moves that well? That's the thing I think people miss about Zion. As someone who has watched him live, 
multiple times this year and been to multiple games, you can't possibly understand what it's like to see him in person and to see how fluid he is. Mm -hmm. I remember walking by him the first time. Duke had its preseason deal, and they did a photo shoot. And I remember walking by him the first time. And you're looking at him, and you're like, how? Like, how how are you that size? Because there's no body fat. People keep talking about his weight. It, there's no. It, this isn't a dude who's got a little bit of, you know, big big baby Davis or something. That's muscle, man. Right. And then you see him on a court. And I caught a practice. I caught a private practice before the season started. No joke, Manny. He gets a rebound. One dribble, one foot inside the free throw line, almost dunks it two-handed. He bricks it. But but he could have easily dunked it. And mm-hmm. I, everyone in the stands was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, man? I bet if you're Mike Zimmer and you see that kid, you're thinking, man, just imagine the possibilities. <laughs> if you could throw him, I mean, you could use him anywhere. Because I, I think physically he could play, obviously, on the D-line. Mm-hmm. But the idea of him playing tight end, you know, the idea of him running some wildcat or some other crazy formation. I'd pay to see that, Manny. Would you? Totally. I mean, I, I just, to your point about the combine, I just want to see him run the combine. Right? Just I just want to see him do like 40-yard dashes and the high jump and just all sorts of, I just want to see like what all of his measurables would be for all the different things that they do uh, for these guys at the, at the combine. I would just love to see him just go through yeah. that whole circuit to, just to see what, what the numbers and the statistics and all that stuff would be. Cause he's cause he's the size of a big DN. Yeah. I mean, he, he's he's about JJ Watt's size. Yeah. JJ Watt's six five two ninety, I believe. Mm-hmm. So so Zion's in that JJ Watt category. Julius so, Peppers, the Julius six, Peppers. The six six, two hundred and eighty, two hundred and ninety yes. pound, yeah. Now Julius played basketball. I mean yeah. if you're if you're old enough he's to a remember at UNC, right? That played on played at UNC and it was always like unfair whenever he'd get a rebound. Because nobody wanted to like be around him. He was just so physical. But Julius moved like, really well. I mean, Julius is a Hall of Famer guy. I mean, he's he was a, a freak of nature, even in his limited role in North Carolina. Yeah. But imagine Julius Peppers, J.J. Watt, moving the way that this guy moves, man. He's fluid. In that game where they came back earlier this week against Louisville, 23-point comeback, Man, he scored on a fast break, got the rebound, ran up the floor, dribbled, scored. Like, no one could stop him. And it's just, it's amazing to me and remarkable to me because, you know, we're talking about Zion. Kyler Murray now is in the news about whether or not he's going to be able to make that transition and be an NFL guy. Now, he had the advantage of he's played football, obviously, at a very high level. Um, But he's dealing with the opposite of a Zion, Manny, in that people question if he's big enough. Yeah. People question if he can handle the physical element uh, of the NFL. And I saw a mock draft that suggested the Green Bay Packers, if he's available, should take him as the really? successor to Aaron Rodgers. Now, I think that's crazy. That is that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. But, but is it but is it a stretch because we think Aaron Rodgers has four or five good years left, or is it a stretch because we don't think Kyler Murray is going to be a good NFL quarterback? I think it's the former. I think it's because I think there's still a lot of really good years left in in Aaron Rodgers of being one of the top quarterbacks in football. And I think if if you draft if you're the Packers and you draft Kyler Murray now, you're probably looking at sitting him for what at least three three years. Now, yeah. granted, Aaron sat for three <laughs> years. Right? I was going to say that. Yep. Favre, so 
I mean, there is that, but hmm, that would be uh, that would be interesting. But I, we've never seen anything like him either, right? What is he going to measure at the combine? By the way, is he going to measure at five ten? Probably five ten, even though he's probably more like five nine. See, I'm a five ten guy who's really more like five nine, and I can yeah. tell you that that he like, he could come in at five nine five ten. Isn't that a deal breaker? I mean, that's a deal breaker with any other quarterback in the history of the league. If you're talking about potential first round picks, that's a deal breaker for anybody, right? Yeah. Well, that's why it's why Russell Wilson fell to what the third round, fourth yeah. round, whatever, whatever. I think Russ got picked in the third round, right? Yeah, it's closer to five eleven, right? He's mm-hmm. closer to five eleven, a step below six feet. Drew Brees, depending on who you talk to, is five eleven ish. But Kyler, I mean, he might be the smallest first round prospect we've seen in years. I mean, well, how Doug, tall was Doug Flutie? Was was Doug Flutie five nine, five ten? Yeah, Doug Flutie was smaller, but that's a different deal, right? I mean, that's a. In the modern era, you don't see quarterbacks, yeah, yeah, this size. But it sounds like a lot of people I've talked to, Manny, think there's no way he'll last the first 10 picks of the draft. They think he's a guaranteed top 10 pick. And I think because of Russell Wilson falling as far as he did, and now we see seven years later how good Russell is, I think that is what has people thinking, well, we we can't use the height thing as a reason to pass up on a guy anymore. Now, the difference, I think, between a Russell Wilson and a Kyler Murray is that while they're both under six feet, you know, Russell was a was a thicker, big, more filled, milk, more filled in type of yeah. guy. Like he was he drank his milk. Yeah. And and, you know, and Russell, <laughs> Russell's a big guy, you know, yeah. he's not tall, but he's a big, thick guy. Yeah. And Kyler with that wavy know, hair, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Kyler trust to do with that wavy hair, by the way. <laughs> Tell him, man. But Kyler, you know, with Kyler, it's not for me. It's not so much the height thing. I'm not really worried about the height. It's more of just the size, the yeah. the mass, the bulk. Like, is is he going to be able to put on, add a little bit more muscle, add a little bit more just body mass to where he can be able to take a little bit more more punishment? Because he's going to be, you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to want to tuck the ball and run a few times. He's going to take some hits when he plays, and that's the only thing. That's the only concern I probably have about him right now. Yeah, and that formula, that tuck and run formula for a quarterback is very difficult to sustain when you've got, you know, six foot five, six six defensive ends who can run four sevens, four sixes. You know, it's just, it's, it's harder with the speed and athleticism on the defensive end. But listen, it's a big question mark about what he's going to do at quarterback. The Vikings don't have any question marks about quarterback although there was a national report earlier this earlier this week suggesting that will the vikings move on from kirk cousins come on people he ain't going nowhere no that contract is teflon (laughs) they've got their quarterback but is he the right quarterback that's going to be the debate we have uh for the next couple of years kirk cousins is doing his best though uh manny i think he's trying to make himself minnesota's quarterback i'm not talking about being the vikings quarterback i'm talking about being the kind of guy where folks really embrace you he hasn't reached that level yet but he's trying, right? He's he tweeted this. He is putting in the effort. He tweeted this the other day. He said, hey, the season feels so far away, so I want to do a giveaway to keep all you Vikings fans excited! Exclamation point. What do you want me to give away? Uh, Manny, what, what, are you, what are you he's doing, just, man? He's just putting it on a team, what man. He's setting it up on a team right now. Why, why are you doing that to yourself, dude? 
You can't do that after the season you just had. You can't ask people, what do you want me to give away? And of course, of course, the responses are as you would expect. Uh, one guy said, your contract. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another guy said, what about a signed resignation? Uh, give away some money back to the Vikings, please. Give yourself to another team. How about some of that cap space? Yeah. What is Kirk Cousins thinking, man? Because here's the problem I think people have with him, Manny. I I, I don't know. It, it seems like he's trying to do too much a lot of times with his mm-hmm. presentation. It seems like he's got this sort of, you know, he's the guy with the neat lawn and the grass is always mowed and everything's always perfect, it seems. And, and that's kind of the image he maintains, that positive image. Mm-hmm. Even when he had that dust up with Thielen, right? It was sort of like, oh, nothing to see here. I don't ever get mad. You know, I'm Kirk Cousins kind of thing. And this seems to follow that path. But, like, dude, what are you doing, man? What is he doing? What did he think he was going to achieve with that, Manny? Yeah, I, I don't know. And when I when I saw it this morning, because <laughs> um, I, I didn't even see it, because apparently he tweeted this out, was it Tuesday, I think he Yeah, it was early this out. week. And and I saw it this morning, and I I just saw the tweet, and I'm like, Kirk, come on, man. Like, come on, dude. Like, you, you know... You have to know, and there were some. When you look at the entire, all the responses, there were some that were very positive, yeah. just saying, "Hey, thank yeah. you for what you're doing. We love you." Blah blah blah, and that's fine. But he has to know that he's just setting, <laughs> setting up the negatives. He's just setting up, setting it up on a tee for them. Like now, he just has to know that. But maybe he doesn't, though. That's what I'm wondering. Like he, he's the kind of dude. What did he do last summer? What he was grilling steaks or something at his house and. You know, that was like his presentation. Like, he's a seemed like a happy-go-lucky guy. Like, he had that state fair thing where he, like, didn't get in the first time because he was like, oh, I'm driving, but there's no parking. Like, you know, I think that was him trying to be like a normal dude. Yeah, it's when like, really it, it's like, come on, man. Kirk, you're, you're the franchise 20, quarterback. You're a $28 million quarterback. Like, you can, <laughs> you don't have to show up to the state fair no. on your own. That's perfectly, I mean, you're, you're a professional athlete. A lot of professional athletes show up. Yeah, to the state fair with people around them that are going to help them get to where they need to be and be seen and all of that stuff. And yeah, it just seemed like he was just trying way too hard to be be the normal guy. It's like Kirk, you don't have to do that. That's what I'm you saying. You don't really have to do that. Like he could have had a police escort from his house <laughs> to the fairgrounds at that point last year when he had just gotten signed and everybody was so excited about him. Now, right today. You know, he, he might get a couple horses and carriages or something to lead him there. I don't know if he would get a police escort and all the, you know, st- bells and whistles this year. But, mm-hmm. I mean, all he had to do was make a call last summer, man, and yeah. they would have helped him get in. But he was trying to be the the everyman. And I think here's the thing about, to me, Manny, that I think maybe guys like Kirk don't get. you got the money. You're, you're living your dream. If you don't win, nobody's going to care about you. It just doesn't matter. Like, this, right. I, I cannot stand the everyone be positive. Like, that concept of professional sports, that's not why you're paying to see these guys play. Yeah. That's not why you're watching them on TV. That's not why you're tailgating in the parking lot in sub-zero temperatures. You're not doing that because everything's about just being positive and fun. It's about winning. Winning, yeah. At all costs. That's what it's about. And, and anytime you get... Athletes who don't get that, who get defensive about that, who don't understand that, that's what bothers me more than anything. And I don't know if Kirk Cousins is there. I'm not, I haven't seen him get necessarily defensive. But nobody cares about your giveaways, man. People want to see you win football games. 
People want to see you do what your predecessor, who was lesser than you, apparently, according to Mike Zimmer, do what he did at least. And you yeah. haven't done that. Well, and, and my thing, too, is when you look at the disappointing season that the Vikings had, my question for Kirk Cousins is, you know, uh, he's and he's certainly entitled to go on his vacations and, and, and do all that stuff. Enjoy the time with the family. It's the offseason. He's well within his right to do that. And I think a lot of players around not just the NFL and sports in general all do those sorts of things. But it just kind of seems like, dude, do you realize the underwhelming, underachieving performance of a season that you and your entire team showed in 2018? Like, yeah. does he really understand the magnitude of the disappointment that the 2018 Vikings were? And I'm and not that, sure he really gets that. Yeah, he hasn't said anything to suggest he does, right? Right. Like, he hasn't done anything to suggest that. I, I would have loved to see a quarterback come out matching the emotion of the fan base. You know what I mean? Like, even if he was defensive, at least you would see that emotion. Like, dude, do you understand where you stand? It's not just the $84 million, right? It's not just the guaranteed money. It's the fact that he has now messed up the cap space for this team for the next two years. Like, there are going to be some good players that they got to part with because of the cap hit that's coming, right? This is a guy who the entire investment that Mike Zimmer is making for the future, uh, for his future here in Minnesota, was that $84 million that he gave uh, to Kirk Cousins, man. And, dude, I cannot stand the concept where people are now acting like after this one bad season that the Vikings were starting from scratch. No, they were coming off an NFC, NFC championship run. They were coming off a year where they had the best defense in football. And then all of a sudden they get this guy and everything got worse. Now it wasn't just on him, but that was the bar. And now people are talking like, oh my goodness, the sky is falling. It shouldn't be falling after spending that kind of money on a guy like Kirk Cousins. And I guess I just want to see a moment where he gets that, where he embraces the idea of there are a lot of folks who probably think I'm overpaid. And guess what? I didn't earn my money last year. I can appreciate Manny, an athlete who who takes that perspective in this situation. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, let's go to the phones. We've got a caller, Marty in Minnetonka, who's holding. Marty, what's up? Hey, guys. How's it going? You know, uh, Cousins is the type of guy everybody would like to have for a neighbor. He is an absolutely terrific fella. Yeah. But when you said a year ago everybody was excited when he signed, i got to disagree with you. I'm a big Vikings fan. Almost all my friends are. Sorry, a few Packers stuck in there. Um, very, very few of them were excited about his signing. Almost to the man, it was like, what a huge waste of money. So, yeah, it is the sky is falling because we had a window to win with a really good defense. And we threw way too much money in an average quarterback, and now we're handicapped. It's not Herschel Walker, but it's worse than Joe Smith, and it's almost a mower. Yeah, I, 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 I get, yeah, I get what he's saying, but I think a lot of that's tainted with what he's seen, right? Because if you go back to when he was signed, right, and if you look at what the market was, there weren't that many quarterbacks who were available. Nick Foles was out there, we thought, but then the Eagles made sure to lock him up. Mm-hmm. Like, who are the other? Free agent quarterbacks, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, obviously, but they weren't going to keep him. He he obviously had his injuries, and they were going to let him go on. Mm-hmm. So Kirk Cousins, considering the market, people were excited about that. Remember when he goes to that restaurant in downtown Minneapolis and he can't get out because people are there surrounding him? There was an excitement. And I think there are a lot of folks who are now, which is easy to do, Manny saying, 
oh man, this guy wasn't. I didn't want him. What well, what were your options? The options year? were very very limited. I mean, the only other options that they had were to what trade for Nick Foles or keep Case Keenum or Ke- or keep Case Keenum. And the whole thing with Case Keenum was they felt like that Case was going to regress back to being sort of a journeyman backup quarterback, and that's and exactly right. what he was in <laughs> Denver. Hence the Broncos making this trade for Joe Flacco. So yeah. I mean. The the options the options were in a sense limited. limited for the Vikings and they end up having to overpay for, you know, yeah, pretty much a, a middle of the road quarterback who can put up some good numbers but, you know, hasn't really always won at a high level. But this is that that was the direction that they went and if their their options otherwise were limited. I mean, this was a team that was in the NFC championship game last year. And let me be clear, what you just said was the basis of that excitement, right? Mm-hmm. This is a team coming off an NFC Championship run where I think a lot of people agreed that if you take an elite quarterback into that game on the road against Philly, maybe there's a different outcome. But you're coming back with this young defense that's number one in the league. You're coming up back with all these playmakers, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs. You've got the weapons. The only thing that people were questioning was, do we get a quarterback? Do we have a quarterback who can sort of lead the charge. And considering the options that were available, there were a lot of people who were excited about what Kirk Cousins might have to do. Because with that defense, Manny, he didn't have to be Joe Montana. Like with that defense, no one was asking him to come in here and be Peyton Manning from, you know, 10 years ago. They were expecting the guy to be above what they had in Case Keenum. And yes, being a playmaker, being a playmaker, an above average playmaker, and being a guy who can, with the totality of this team, lead them to another big season. That didn't happen. That's where the disappointment comes now. That's where everybody can look back and go, well, I didn't want him. Well, you wanted someone to play quarterback, and a lot of folks weren't sure about Case Keenum after what he did, and there weren't many other options. So what else did you want? Last year was a whole different scenario, but we can all look back right now and go, man, maybe that wasn't the right decision. But a year ago, man, that wasn't the case. People were people had a different perspective on this whole setup. Yeah, totally. And, you know, when you're coming off – an NFC championship game season and and you're trying to upgrade the quarterback position or you're thinking, well, if we, if we had a better quarterback, we would have, you know, that would have increased our chances. Although I don't know if that would have really would have made a difference in Philadelphia. I think the no. Eagles were yeah, just maybe. a buzzsaw. They ran yeah. into a, the Vikings ran into a buzzsaw. That was the Eagles um, that year. And, but now it's, it's, you have the guy that you have and now it's a, as far as the Vikings are concerned, it's about trying to boost up and maximize Kirk Cousins as much as you possibly can. And that means, you know, trying to improve the offensive line, maybe adding another weapon or two in the passing game for him to give him more options so that people aren't clamping down on Thielen and Diggs all of the time, utilizing Dalvin Cook better. Um, and, and that's where the whole Kubiak thing comes into play, too, is yeah. how, you know, what is this offense going to look like with Kubiak and Kevin Stefanski now? This sort of, they're, we're going to see a new offense now, a new scheme under 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 Kubiak and Stefanski. So that's going to be the big key. And now too, Myron, I've talked about this a lot. Judd's talked about this. Collar's talked about this. They're going to have to make some decisions on defense. What are they going to do on the defensive side of the ball because of the amount of money that Kirk Cousins is eating up in the cap? And you've got two wide receivers that, you know, are are making a decent chunk of change and you may have to 
you know, work out a new deal with with Thielen because of yeah. how good he is. I mean, you've got to improve the offensive line. There's there's money that's going to need to be spent on the offensive side to improve things, and you're going to have to probably make some some uh, some sacrifices on the defensive yeah. side, and that's where Mike Zimmer, the defensive guru, the defensive genius, is going to have to really step up and you know develop some younger, cheaper guys. Yeah, and we're going to get to that later on in the show. Real quick before we take a break here, has Gary Kubiak hired any more of his cousins or relatives? <laughs> is there is there a third cousin on the, I'll do on a the check team? On that during the break, go go check go check during the break. We're going to be back with Jenna Lane uh, who covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for ESPN after this. Score North live with Matthew Collar live afternoons two to four. Collar loves sports. He knows stuff. Score North Live with Matthew Collar, with a cast of pals who know sports, breaking down the hot sports topics of the day. Sports talk and your thoughts. And live guests. Score North Live with Matthew Collar. Live, afternoons 2 to 4. Score North. Scorenorth.com. Tell me where the freaks at. Score North. Minnesota sports. Anytime, anywhere. Scorenorth.com. Kef, back here on uh, Score North, scorenorth.com uh, with Manny Hill, my man. Uh, you know what the best part about working at ESPN is, Manny? What's that? It, it, it's that I have a chance to work with some incredible people who are also extremely talented and gifted in what they do. And our next guest, Jenna Lane, who covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for ESPN, is certainly on that list. How you doing, Jenna? Oh, Myra, you're going to make me cry. Yeah, I Thank only speak you. the truth. I only speak the truth. Jenna and I uh, really made a connection this last season when we both uh, admitted that uh, the Timbaland and Magoo Welcome to uh, Our World album was one of our favorite albums. Oh, I don't know anyone else. Oh, that's fantastic. Listen, I didn't know anyone else who felt the same way I did, but Jenna, uh, you feel that same way about that album. Absolutely, and in fact, on the radio show that I host, it's part of the Buccaneers, uh, part of their pregame show, it's a, it's a roundtable that we host. During one of my mic checks this past year, I actually started rattling that off. I had to be really careful, though, <laughs> with the lyrics that I chose, because, yeah. you know, some of it... Some of it's a little bit much, especially yeah. uh, with, you know, HR roles and things like that. But, you know, I think Love to Love You, I mean, that's the song that most oh, people know. Fantastic. That's just yes. an absolute classic to me. But you're right, though. Most people, I mean, they've obviously heard of Timbaland, but they 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 kind of give me this funny look like, well, who's Magoo? And it's like, what do you <laughs> no, mean no. who's Magoo? You know, it's, it's, it's just like when you, you think of Timbaland, you also think of Missy Elliott. You know, he's yes. part of that, too. Yeah, see, that's... This is why, you know, you and I have connected. You obviously do a lot of great work. I want to ask you about something that has just sort of come up. Is there any Antonio Brown? I mean, I know he's rumored to be going a lot of places, but he's got a relationship with Bruce Arians. Is there any chance of something maybe happening there? Well, right now the Bucks have not a whole lot of cap space. Now yeah. they just cleared some cap room by getting rid of Vinnie Curry, but before they made that move, they had 15 million in cap space, and they still have to sign Jameis Winston to a long-term deal, which I believe is coming. Uh, obviously, they picked up a fifth-year option for him, and so that's going to be a 20.5 million dollar cap hit for them. And they have a left tackle that they either need to give a franchise tag to, or they need to sign to a long-term deal as well. And you know, those don't come cheap. And they have a middle linebacker that uh, I'm not so sure that's going to come back because I think Quan Alexander, even with a torn ACL, I think he's probably going to command a decent amount of money. Usually Rosenhaus's guys do. So uh, they have a lot of needs. 
And uh, it's going to be, I think, really difficult to do that. Now, if they got rid of Deshaun Jackson, which I think Bruce Arians wants to try to make that relationship work, they could get $10 million that way. Uh, I know that uh, I personally believe that the relationship between Jackson and Winston is probably just beyond repair. And it's not that they don't like each other as people. It's connection. That chemistry isn't there on the field. Uh, But as far as Brown goes with Arians, you know, there were some comments that were made and – you know, I, I I don't know if I see that one happening, to be perfectly honest. I, I, I just think, you know, especially with the fact that the Bucks have other needs, what they're trying to build with their locker room right now, I'm just not so sure that that's a fit, especially when you hear all the stuff that's come out of Pittsburgh and everything. I mean, the guy allegedly cursed out Dick LeBeau. Oh, I mean, goodness. really? Oh, that, boy. to me, just screams, like, toxic. And the Bucks have had some toxic characters in their locker room the last few years. Uh, Chris Baker is a guy that, I mean, there was a fight that broke out in the locker room, an altercation, a verbal altercation, after their loss to the Carolina Panthers two years ago. Um, you have a locker room with young guys, young leaders trying to emerge, and, and Jason Light even said he needed to do a better job of, of bringing in guys that were going to be better personality fits. And I think Deshaun Jackson's one of those guys, too. I think he's just one of those guys that you also kind of have to say, all right, well, you accept some of that because he is so good on the field. Mm. Um, when Jameis doesn't get on the ball, it doesn't really matter. But, yeah, I just, I just don't really see that, that happening with Antonio Brown. But, I've, I've, you know, there's been a few instances before where I've been surprised. <laughs> uh, Bruce Arians. Uh, Jenna, he, he could show up to my family reunion this summer in Alabama, and nobody would know the difference. They'd be like, oh, is that Uncle Bruce? I mean, he, he's got the Kangol hat. He's cool. He seems like everybody just loves uh, Bruce. I've never seen a coach who could come into a situation like that, and everybody around the country agrees, yep, he's going to change that team. He's exactly what they need. Specifically when it comes to Jameis Winston, who I think – if he becomes the Jameis Winston he's capable of becoming, then the entire NFC could be in trouble because I think he can blossom into a great quarterback. Do you agree with that? And what's the impact that Bruce could have on that entire team, but specifically Jameis? I think the big thing that Arians brings, aside from the fact that he's an incredible quote, the fact that he just doesn't really care what people think. I mean, he said in his job interview with Jason Light, who he knew before from Arizona, and the Glazer family, he says, I'm 66, but I'm sexy. He says that in a job interview. I mean, that's just who he is. And obviously, you guys have heard so many different clips from him. Um, Jason Light called him the coolest damn coach in the NFL. I mean, he just, he's going to do it his way. Obviously, we've seen that with the no risk it, no biscuit. You know, he's he's all about, you know, that gunslinger mentality. He's going to, even if he's backed up in his own end zone, he's not afraid to to throw it. He's not afraid to throw it on first down if they've got a six-point lead that they're trying to protect. He's not afraid to do any of that stuff. And, And I think that 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 can work one of two ways with Jameis Winston. It can either be a really positive thing because I think that some of what happened this past year definitely rattled his confidence, even though I think he's a very confident guy. He's always been since we've, we've seen him in college and even back when I first saw him uh, in high school at the Under Armour High School All-American game. But when you have a quarterback, a starting quarterback who loses his job, not because of injury, but because of performance, this was after the suspension, he was benched uh, in favor of Ryan Fitzpatrick. That can do a lot. When he doesn't win the captain's vote, uh, he's not elected team captain. That can do a lot. When he's left off the promotional marketing materials, when he's not on the player murals outside the building, that can do a lot to rattle his confidence. Bruce Arians came in there and said, 
Jameis Winston's our quarterback. This team is going to be built around Jameis Winston. We're building this around Jameis. And, and the GM, Jason Light, said the same thing. I think that that can go a really long way in just making Jameis comfortable. Now, now let's be fair here. That suspension, you know, that was, that was some of his doing. Well, the suspension yeah. was totally his doing. But, but the bench, I mean, that, you know, that played a role in it. And so, you know, hopefully he's learned from that. But I just think it's going to help his confidence. And the big thing, too, is the trust factor is there because they've known each other since Jameis was in high school when Jameis used to attend his football camps in Birmingham. And Jameis actually credits Arians for inspiring him to, to want to go to the Super Bowl. He remembered when Arians pulled out those Super Bowl rings. And, and a big thing, too, as well, is relationship off the field because that just wasn't there. You know, Lovey Smith and Jameis Winston had a very – you know, a strong relationship off the field. And, and I believe they still talk. It's a father-son type of relationship. Jameis is a young guy. He's also a father for the first time. You know, there's a lot of things that he still needs guidance on or that wants to get guidance on. Maybe he doesn't want it from his own father. But, you know, to be able to have those, those day-to-day conversations, Dirk Cutter wasn't really one of those guys. He's more one of those coaches that just kind of, you know, he wants to draw plays. He wants to be breaking down film. He wants to do that aspect of things. But he doesn't want to, you know, get involved in, in players' personal lives, per se. I asked Bruce Arians, what's your relationship like with your quarterbacks? And he says, well, actually, to be honest, I got a little too close with one uh, up huh. in Pittsburgh, and that's why I got fired, talking about Ben Roethlisberger. That's what Jameis, I think, really needs. And so I think that that's going to be big. And, and honestly, because of the fact that he, is, he talks the talk and he's walked the walk, He's taken a team, you know, a 5-11 and team after Ken Wisenhunt, and he took them to the playoffs, and then he took them to the playoffs again and again. And he was even able to, to do it with three quarterbacks, obviously, with, with injuries. They had uh, that one year with Carson Palmer, and he did it with Drew Stanton. I mean, he, I think, really brings that, that confidence that, and that trust factor that best team needs. He doesn't need to earn their trust, maybe in the same way a first-time coach like Dirk Cutter would have to do. Jenna, on Bruce Arians, you mentioned before that he's he's 66 years old now. How long do you sense that he wants to continue doing this? Well, and that's a good question because obviously he has had multiple health scares over the years. You know, he's had bouts of cancer. Even going back to his temple days, you know, he was hospitalized for migraine headaches. He's had um, a few instances even when he was with the Cardinals. Um, And so I think that that's, We'll have to see how, because he's going to be doing things a little differently. For instance, he's not going to be calling plays like he did in Arizona. He has turned that over to the young Byron Leftwich, uh, who's really, really just shot up through the coaching ranks and has, uh, you know, really moved up very quickly and establishing himself as one of those guys to watch uh, for the future. That's something that, that Arian said he's going to be handing over to him. I think that that maybe takes away from some of the stress factor, because I think if they can keep the stress low, for him, and, and, and the thing is, is Tampa's a lot like Arizona and the fact that, and I hate to be, you know, cliche and talk about the warm weather and things like that, but just, um, I think that that is very conducive, even just traffic out here. It, it's not like it is in other, other big cities. And I think that just the day-to-day, even the, the interactions with the media, it's, it's not a New York, it's not a Chicago, it's not a Philadelphia, it's a little bit more laid back. I think that that, that could possibly prolong his career but he's going to have to keep that in check he did though make it a point to emphasize to us he had to have a physical it was the first time he ever had one when he was uh, interviewing for a coaching job um i think that that goes a long way and, and they said mm-hmm. that you know he checked everything checked out fine for him so i think that that's that's good but you know it, it's going to be interesting you know if, if he's going to stick around for three years five years you know the bucks are certainly hoping that they can have him for a long time 
Uh, Jenna, uh, last quick question for you. Obviously, a lot of people talking about Kyler Murray and whether or not he can make the transition uh, to the NFL. If you had a top 10 pick, do you take him and give him a chance to be a franchise quarterback? If I was one of these quarterback-needy teams and I I operated a system that was conducive to to his strengths, because, I mean, he could be a pocket passer. I was just watching. I mean, he can air it out. And, 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 you know, you worry about... The same thing you would worry about with Drew Brees, obviously. You get big bodies in front of him, tall guys like Calais Campbell, and suddenly he can't see where he's going. But as long as his launch point, and that's the thing, too, like he's, the way he lobs the ball up in the air like that, I don't think it's necessarily something you have to worry about. And then you look at statistics. He, had, he was one of the passers in, in college football that had some of the fewest batted-down passes of anybody. So I just think we, first of all, need to – uh, eat some humble pie and accept the fact that we really don't know how to evaluate these quarterbacks. Dak Prescott, fourth-round draft pick. Russell Wilson, a third-round draft pick. We're not so good at evaluating these guys. Obviously, Case Keenum's a guy that in that neck of the woods people uh, know a lot about, and, and he wasn't highly regarded coming out of college. Huh. We don't know a whole lot about these guys. It's not an exact science. You can't open up a guy's chest and measure, you know, who he is and, and, and how committed he is to this and what he can do when a game's on the line. But I think he certainly deserves an opportunity. We've had enough shorter guys that are under six foot. Drew Brees obviously being huge at it, you know, um, tremendous at it. Russell Wilson as well. When you have enough guys, I think, that go out there and that have enough athleticism and skill set, a skill set that's just outside of, of the traditional workings of a quarterback. They can move outside the pocket even. They can throw outside the pocket. Why not give him an opportunity? I mean, there's only one Teddy Bridgewater that's going to go around. You know, you don't have a ton of free agent options out there. I mean, really, who, who else are you looking at? Very, very good points. As usual, the great Jenna Lane, thank you so much uh, for joining us today on the show. Uh, Manny, obviously a lot of things we'll talk about when we come back, but I think her assessment of the quarterback situation applies a lot to the Minnesota Vikings and some decisions they're going to have to make here in the coming weeks. We'll talk more about that when we come back here on Purple Daily. In 8-8. Score North. It's exactly what I've been looking for. Minnesota sports. Anytime, anywhere. Scorenorth.com. Myron Metcalf here back on Purple Daily um, with Manny Fresh here. I, I love talking to Manny. Because we're both hip-hop heads. Yes. And last segment, we talked to the great Jenna Lane of ESPN, and and we all connected on Timbaland and Magoo and (laughs) the amazing uh, Welcome to uh, Our World album. That took me back to seventh grade, man. man. It's just it's fantastic. Dude, it was a summer straight up, like 95 days in a row, I played that CD till it got, like, scratched up. You know, (laughs) these kids don't know about that. But, man, I was dedicated to Timbaland and Magoo. I'm curious to see how dedicated the Minnesota Vikings are to a couple of players uh, on on this roster. And and to me, we talk so much about Kirk Cousins. And and I got to be honest, Manny, I don't know why we talk so much about Kirk Cousins when it comes to the moves and the personnel moves that this team needs to make because the reality is he's not going anywhere. But Sheldon Richardson obviously is a big name that it feels like the Vikings have to figure out how to keep him because he's such an important person. Anthony Barr, obviously, it seems like a lot of people assume he'll be let go. I want to start with Everson Griffin, though, because to to me, Manny, and I don't know how to say this, because I don't, whatever he was going through, it was serious, right? And we don't know all the details of it. But I think people who read about what had happened 
it was fair for them to be concerned, right, mm-hmm. about whether or not this guy is fit for football. Now, obviously, the rest of his season, uh, things improved, and he had a lot of support from the Vikings and his teammates, and, and, and kudos to them. However, do you have any concerns, many, about negotiating with a guy like this and trying to find a way to you know, keep him around in the coming years? I have concerns because he's, I mean, number one, he's going to have a pretty hefty cap hit for 2019 if he's brought back as is. Now they can try and, you know, restructure if they want and, and try to allocate that movie, that, that money, you know, and elsewhere. But I, I'm concerned about what I saw on the football field with him after he came back in 2018, after his, I think he missed, I think it was four games he missed, three games, something like that. If I remember, but yeah, he just he Myron he just wasn't the same. He just wasn't the same guy. I mean, yeah. he he had been up until 2018. He had been one of the best, not just one of the best pass rushers, but just one of the best defensive players in the NFL for about yeah. three or four years straight. And to see him kind of fall off after he came back from from his situation. And then when you look at where he's at in his career now at, at 30, he's, I think he's 30 or 31 years old now, you just wonder if this is sort of the beginning of, of, a, of a decline now in terms of production on the field because he, he just, when he came back last season, he just did not look like the same guy at all. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's concerning. I think if you're the Vikings, you have to, you have to take that into consideration when you're deciding if he if he's going to be a part of this team, you know, long term for the next for the next couple of years. Yeah, and, and when I said earlier that he was okay when he came back, I, I meant there weren't any other incidents that we know off of. the field, it, right? Beca- right. Because yeah, yeah. that was the concern was what are, what are they getting into? Yeah, you know, bring this guy back to the team. But you're right, the performance on the field wasn't what it had been in the past. And are, are the two connected? I, I don't know. I don't want to try to play the role. It's of hard that. to say. Yeah, yeah, a psychologist or, or try to be an expert on something that I'm not an expert in. What I do know is the issues you brought up, him being 31, him potentially being a, a declining player, you've got to consider all those things. And I'm sure ever since considering those things as well. Mm-hmm. Do you go out and, and try to figure out something on the open market or do you take a pay cut and try to play with a team that, hey, a couple years ago had the best defense in the league and you are a part of that? I just think you have to be – it's okay for the Vikings, to me, to walk away from him. And I don't mean that – you know, that's not walking away from their support because they've obviously supported him for the, the things that have happened with him. I just don't want a situation where if this doesn't work out, people go to, well, he's had these challenges. Yes, he's had these challenges. But, but the move here is about him as a complete person and player. And there are a lot of question marks, I think, that the Vikings should have in terms of what they do with him going forward. The, the the guy that's not negotiable to me, the guy that you got to do everything possible to extend here is Sheldon Richardson mm-hmm. because he, to me, is a critical component of that defense. And he, to me, is, you know, you've got to stabilize that. De- we talk so much about the offensive line, Manny. Why aren't more people talking about the value of someone like Richardson and yeah. just this defense as a whole in terms of what happens going forward with all the cap space that Kirk Cousins has taken up? Yeah, and when you look at what Sheldon Richardson, what his role is on the defensive line is that three-technique defensive tackle, 
that's a big part of Mike Zimmer's defense. That's a big yeah. part of you know what he's able to do is is a huge part of what they try to do defensively as a whole. And when you can keep him alongside a Linval Joseph, and then you have a Daniil Hunter there on the on the defensive line as well as a pass rusher, that's that's going to be critical. And now the question is going to be if they decide to bring Sheldon Richardson back, or if they're going to try to bring him back, what's it what's it going to cost them? Yeah. When when you know the again it goes back to the Cousins thing with the contract, they're going to have to be really creative with with the money that they spend this offseason because they they'll have some cap space if they can cut guys left and right and get you know let a few guys go, but they got to be really diligent in terms of how much money they spend and how much money they they give to Sheldon Richardson because it may be at the you know it may be sacrificing whatever you might invest into the offensive line and other areas of need that you may have. And uh, to your point, man, we've talked about this before on this show. It, it, and I know uh, Royce is going to hate this word, but, but culture, right? <laughs> the, the, you hear that? I hope Royce is listening. Cause I just use the word culture. <laughs> Here's the deal, right? The Patriots have a situation where guys want to come and play for them and they want to be a part of that culture. So they're willing to take less money, Yeah, right? They can make more on the open market, but they want to be a part of that team. Do the Vikings have that power? That's the challenge here. Yeah. Is if you're not winning, you don't really have a right to come in and tell us Sheldon Richardson about, hey, you might can you take less because of what we're trying to build here. And when you're coming off an eight, seven, and one season, I mean it's different. Because Sheldon Richardson came here last year because they were thirteen and three and in the NFC championship game. Now it's exactly. gonna be different. Yeah. Now the money is is a real thing. Now you gotta start looking at the value of that cap hit. From Mr. Kirk Cousins, do you get Griffin back? So many questions going forward about the Minnesota Vikings. We'll be back. Myron on Hoops after this. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.